You're listening to The Radiant Podcast with Kelsey Chapman. Twenty twenty has been so heavy and so stressful and so uncertain and so disappointing for so many people that it's important to not lose sight of the other side of the spectrum. You know, you're still allowed to laugh at your favorite show even if you had a bad day and you're still allowed to like your life even if it's not perfect. Today we have my girl Kelsey Aida joining us and man, you're in for a treat. I think we can all agree that the world's felt a little heavy lately. And that's why today I'm bringing Kelsey on to chat all about happiness. She recently dropped a book, Affirmations for Happiness, and I think it's the dose of joy that we all need. Now stay with me. These are not cheesy mantras to fake it till you make it with happiness. These are practical daily steps that can help you get your mind right on days when it might feel hard to get out of bed. So again, I thought with the heaviness that so many of us are navigating in the uncertainty of 2020, this was the perfect topic to bring to you as we enter into the holiday season. How can we maintain our joy and pursue happiness day in and day out with simple practices? You're in for a treat, guys. I can't wait for you to hear what Kelsey has to say. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, girl. I am so pumped to have you on. I would love for you to get us started with telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what you're working on. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to be here with my soul sister because we have matching names. So I just always think that's fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. My name is Kelsey Aida and I basically call myself an inspirational blogger, author, coach, but really I think my gifts that I offer to the world are to help people find relief, hope, or optimism, or healing through offering them really beneficial perspectives, like try on this lens or this lens. Um, And then also, I feel like I'm definitely a channel for like, whatever medicine people need to receive in that moment. So whether it's like I'm writing a blog post and it really resonates with someone and it's exactly what they needed to hear or when I'm teaching at my international retreats and we do an exercise that just comes through me and people are like, oh, it's exactly what I needed to feel better. So I guess I would just say that I help people to raise their vibration, to feel better. And I'm really... um, like an expert in the realm of manifestation and also self-love. So those are two things I teach a lot on. Um, And I just help people through my blog, my podcast called High Vibe In It, which you were on. So everyone should go listen to Kelsey's episode (laughs) where we had her on because that was really fun. And yeah, I love writing books because I feel like that's a good way to reach many people in a very intimate way where they're interacting with the book and receiving it in their own way. And then I work with clients one-on-one. I host retreats. So There's a lot of different ways that it looks, but at the end of the day, I would say I help people to own their power and live their best life. Well, you do a hella amazing job (laughs) at doing that. And I always feel really good when I'm around you because I can feel your vibe. So let's start with your most recent book, which I think is so timely for this season. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've got going on there? Because I think that's really going to be the theme of this episode. I think it's the dose of medicine you're bringing us that we all need. 
Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's cool because I was actually invited to write this book by the publisher. And at first I was like, well, whenever I've written a book, it was always just my idea. I was the one who wanted to do it. And this was like perfect invitation because they were like, hey, this girl really knows her stuff. We want her to write this book. And the book is called Affirmations for Happiness, 200 Positive Affirmations for a Joyful Mindset Every Day. And really, I feel like it's 200 permission slips to let yourself off the hook and let in the joy, the flow of joy and happiness more easily because it's almost always accessible to us. So obviously if we're in the throes of grief or we're super stressed, we can't access our happiness, but more moments than not, it's right there. We're just not letting it in or we're not noticing it. And so these affirmations are basically like perspective shifts that you can make to let more of it more often so that you're feeling better more of the time, you're releasing judgment from yourself, you're releasing judgment from your life and doing things that will help to breathe and expand and cultivate your own personal happiness. So it's kind of like a guidebook to happiness, but in the form of like little blurbs and little suggestions. Well, I like that it's in little blurbs because I think we're all (laughs) a bit overloaded with input and taking everything in right now. I know you and I got to chat about this a little bit before um, we hit record, but it's just a lot right now out in the world. It's a lot. Um, It's a lot to take in. I felt like yesterday I needed to go hibernate just to feel all the feels out in the world right now. We're more divided than ever. So one thing I'd love to explore is what does it look like to choose happiness when the weight of the world is on your shoulders or you or you feel like you can't access it? And it it might not be from some big event like the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or something like that, but just the state of the world right now is heavy. What does that look yeah. like? Yeah, I think choosing happiness, well, one, it really depends on that person's definition of like success and what it means for them to be happy because everyone has their own path that like when they're on that path they feel so I think one is like defining what happiness looks like to you and then two is living in alignment to create that life so meaning like are your words matching what you want to create are your actions matching what you want to create is your calendar a direct reflection of what you value like these are all ways to um, cultivate more happiness for yourself but it's interesting because I think people really misunderstand and they think oh to choose happiness means to spiritually bypass whatever's going on and just to be positive for the sake of being positive and I'm not going to entertain any negative thoughts and I'm going to kick my fear out the window and I'm just going to be positive no matter what and I think that is like an extremely detrimental way to approach it because you're literally denying certain aspects of yourself because we have the ability to experience all emotions and like 
That's what we came here to do. So I'm not here to tell you that happiness is better than the other emotions. I just know that most people prefer to feel happier more of the time. It's a preference, right? So I'm here to teach people how to cultivate more of that, how to be more in that space. But I'm not here to shame people who don't feel happy. Actually, it's quite the opposite. So what I've realized is that you can feel your happiest and live your most happy and joyful life when you're releasing judgment of yourself and your life during the moments when you're not happy. So when you're sad and when you're angry and when you're frustrated and when you're stressed, can you just let that be in that moment, express those emotions in a healthy way in order to process them. And then from there you come back to a natural state of well-being after you've processed the emotion. Ooh. Well, you brought a word on that one because (laughs) I am the first to say like sitting with uncomfortable, painful feelings is not my preference, but (laughs) don't worry. (laughs) It is something I'd love to bypass, but I've learned that there is a price to pay when bypassing that in, in real happiness and real joy tends to be cultivated when I allow myself to feel in those moments when it's not so glamorous, maybe it's sad or heavy or stressful and just making peace with that season. Um, how do you release judgment though? Cause I don't, I need some help there. <laughs> yeah. Releasing judgment. One I think is like normalizing it. So what I do with my clients a lot is if they're feeling sad, for example, It's like helping them to recognize like anyone in your situation would feel sad. Like this is a natural response to life. Like there's nothing wrong with you for being sad. And the reason why you're in more distress than you need to be is because you're making stories about the sadness. So for example, I don't have enough time to be sad. I shouldn't be feeling sad about this. It's dumb that I feel this way. I don't like this way, which is fine. Um, Or like it's saying that, oh, if I'm sad, that means I'm not going to manifest my soulmate. Or if I'm sad, that means that I'm not going to get the job that I want. But those are all just stories and meanings that you're assigning to the sadness. But when you take away all those stories and those meanings and those projections, you can just be with the sadness and hold space for it until it naturally heals itself, which might happen in the form of tears. You might feel heavy in your heart, whatever it is. Like it'll come out through the body if you give it space to do that. And then you're not holding on to that anymore. And then you have so much more energy freed up to invite in more happiness and joy in a more natural and authentic way. Because the problem is when you try and force yourself to be happy, that's like a really fast way to feel super unhappy generally in your life is to expect, I need to be positive all the time. I should feel happy all the time. And I need to stay high vibe all the time. And if I don't, then I'm just sucking at self-help and spirituality, which is not true. Like you didn't come here to not experience the full range of your humanity. You came here to embrace it all. And if you want to choose to be in happiness more often, it's really helpful to notice that when you're having human emotions like sadness or stress or grief or whatever, that you're just a person and you just say, you know, I'm allowed to feel like this sometimes. It's only temporary. This happens to anyone in this situation. This is a normal human reaction. I'm a human. And when you can take some of that judgment away, that's when you can release resistance and your emotions can heal themselves. Ooh, I feel like 
that is medicine for people because I think so many faith walks, any sort of, you know, person with a, a spiritual practice that, you know, any, any religion essentially has kind of an approach towards happiness and fulfillment. And a lot of that often, I don't know, I grew up in a family that told me happiness is better. And we rushed through sadness and um, also grew up with kind of touching on that manifestation piece. Like if you thought about bad things, they would come, they'd come to fruition. And so you're kind of scared to think anything bad ever. And it's like, whoa, we need to just like, I don't think we are meant to suppress all those things. Why do you think we have? I mean, one, we don't like it. So nobody likes to sit with uncomfortable sensations and people, honestly, it hasn't been passed down to like learn how to do it. Like the art of being with your feelings and the art of releasing judgment and the practice of unconditionally loving yourself, no matter what you're going through emotionally, like that hasn't really been taught, talked about, practiced ever. And so like our parents suppress their emotions and then we learn to suppress ours and probably their parents did the same and it just gets passed down. And then we wonder why we're so stressed out and we're so in a hurry and we're so unfulfilled because we're not letting life flow through us the way that it's naturally meant to. Um, so I think when you can come into that place of non-judgment and open your body to more flow, ultimately, you're way happier because even add, if you fully let yourself go there for like five to 10 minutes, you'll feel so much relief afterwards. And then you can come back to feeling happier. <laughs> you're so right. But you're if you so suppress right. it and deny it, then you're just subconsciously like unhappy, even if you're fake happy. Yeah. And you're dragging it out. You're just because you have unprocessed emotions stuck in your body. Yeah. And you're just delaying the inevitable. It has to come out in some way or another. So it might as well be in a healthy container where you're holding space for it and consciously allowing it to rise rather than you yelling at your spouse or getting mad at your kids or snapping at your boss and then losing your job. Like when our emotions aren't dealt with and tended to, that's when they can start to wreak havoc. That is so true. So I'd say we're in a time when we probably have a lot of uh, untended emotions (laughs) that we are just bypassing to get through the days. How does one start stoking the fires of their soul? That sounded so cheesy, but (laughs) that is sometimes how I talk. Um, Like, how does one start tending that? Because that can probably feel like a really like Pandora's box to open for some. Yeah, it definitely feels scary in the beginning for a lot of people just because it's unknown, you know, like I've never let myself fully experience what I was feeling or I don't even know how to tell how I'm feeling because I'm so out of touch with my feelings or whatever it is. So honestly, the way that I started was with the practitioner holding space for me. So whether it's a therapist or whatever, like if someone that can just have unconditional presence for you. I think that's really helpful because then you don't feel so scared, but also like creating a time container is super helpful. So if you say like, okay, I'm going to give myself five minutes to really let my anger rise and maybe I'll take a, maybe I'll angrily scribble in my journal. Maybe I will, I don't know, do something else to express the anger, like through your body. Um, if you give 
time limit, then that's the beauty where it feels more safe that you're not going to get stuck there or something like that. Because I think the common misbelief is, oh, if I let myself go all the way there, I'm going to get stuck. When in reality, when you go all the way there, it flows much faster and you become unstuck. Yep. And and what would you say to the person who feels like they have no one in their life modeling this and they don't have the resources. Like I think it would be easy for someone listening to think, well, it's like, well, easy for you. Like y'all are both, you know, you'll run your own businesses. You kind of make, you build your life on your own time. Whereas someone else might feel like a little less in control of their day to day. What does that look like? Yeah. I would say that the best piece of advice I can give is just, Give yourself permission to feel how you feel. Um, And it doesn't have to be all the time. Like if you're sad, you don't have to go to work feeling sad all the time, but like make space and make time to let those emotions come up and naturally come out. And that's going to bring a lot of relief. And just practicing that and loving yourself through the process is a great start. Um, And if you can enlist a friend, you know, that's great or a parent or somebody. Um, And if you don't have anybody, then that's when you have the opportunity to lean on yourself and like really step it up and hold space for yourself. And you can decide to, I feel like the journey to a more happy life is two parts. One is processing anything that's blocking your happiness. So this is unresolved emotions, uncomfortable feelings, whatever. And then two is going in the direction of your happiness and cultivating it with different tools, right? So that would be like your gratitude journal and your affirmations and stuff like that. So you need the heavy stuff and the light stuff, basically. Mm -hmm. It has to be a whole picture if you want to create authentic, holistic happiness. So I would say just don't be afraid to feel how you're feeling and know that there's nothing wrong with you for feeling the way that you feel because there's always a reason why you feel that way. And if you can uncover the reason, kudos to you because that'll help you process it faster. Usually if you understand why you're feeling a certain way, it's easier for you to be able to validate it and then start to heal from there. Yeah, and for me, sometimes it's it's hard to uncover the why at first, but it's like, oh, I'm feeling yeah. this in this situation. And then I have to kind of like ask myself, like, was there a time that like the first time I felt like that? Or mm-hmm. is this triggering me because of a past experience like this? I mean, it's some spiritual work and discipline, but it's it's been really beneficial in my life as someone who personally likes to suppress sadness. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the beauty about this new book is like, I try to keep it really real and they're all like encouraging affirmations, but some are like, I value all of my emotions and realize that the heavy emotions are what create the background for me to experience the lighter emotions and like contrast has value and um, just like not being so annoying. Like sometimes in the affirmation world, it's like they want you to say affirmations like I feel great all the time and my life is perfect and blah, blah, blah. And they're so phony and fake and like not attainable. Like when you say those things, you just feel like a fraud and you're like, this is stupid. Obviously it's not working. Obviously I don't love everything about my life. Why would I say this lie? How's this going to And the truth is those affirmations aren't going to help you because they're not resonating with you you relief. They're not making you feel empowered. So I really tried to do a good job of keeping it real, 
but still optimistic and guiding you in the direction of relief or happiness. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. Money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. Thankfully, as part of your Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel makes managing your finances a bit easier. Keep track of all your accounts in one place to help reach your financial goals. See how much you spent online last week. Set up a personalized budget. Get alerts about due payments and save for a rainy day as you stay on top of it all with Money in Excel. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash budget. One thing you said earlier, which kind of like, ooh, you're right, is, you know, is your life reflecting what you want? Does my calendar reflect how I want to spend my time? And to be honest, no. Um, and, and that's probably why I felt pretty out of alignment in the last few weeks. So what, what have you experienced when you've looked up and you're like, oops, I've been an autopilot. My calendar doesn't look like I want my life to look or how I'm spending even my free time. Someone might be like my calendar. I don't get to choose everything I do, but even how you spend your free time or any of that stuff, it can be very easy to be like six months down the road before you realize. Yeah. I think a, a practice that's really beneficial in this regard is like first discovering what do I value? So asking the question, what are my top values in life? And sometimes it's really helpful to just like print a list off the internet, like list of values, and then circle the ones that are like the most important to you. Cause then you can like see them on paper. And then from there you can be like, okay, how can I design my life in a way where the time that I do have control over is in alignment with what I'm saying that I value. So if you value family, how much time are you spending with your family? If you value nature, how much time are you spending in nature? If you value achieving, how much time are you spending working towards your goals? Like you really have to be brutally honest with yourself on the like self-empowerment journey because you can only start from where you're at and you can only know where you're at when you're being brutally honest with yourself. And from there, you can go in whichever direction you want. That's a really good practical takeaway for our listeners, I think, because it is very real to sometimes get to a place of like auditing your life or brainstorming and you're like, I've got nothing. So simply Googling values. I have been at a place, my my best friend and I laugh about this all the time. We were going through a dreaming exercise that you have to think through like your bucket list and goals. And we had to Google dreams because we were so fried in that season that we didn't have any more margin for that. Like I wasn't conceptualizing new dreams. I'll tell you that. So we were literally sitting there like Googling dreams and it's like, you know what? We're just going to give ourselves permission to this, to do this. And it's going to jog our memory for what we actually do want. We're just not a place to fully think through it. So um, sometimes it might be Googling your values or Googling your dreams. (laughs) And also what I find really helpful is when you think that you don't know what you do want, just look to what you don't want. 
and then go to the opposite of that. So if you're in a shitty situation in your life and you find that you have undesirable circumstances, that can be your roadmap for like, okay, what's the opposite of this? Like if I'm experiencing lack, I want to experience abundance. If I'm experiencing abandonment, I want to experience somebody staying. If I'm experiencing a broken arm, I want to experience my arm in one piece. Like healing is to experience the opposite of what traumatizes you. So you can go off of all the bad things in your life and use that as your like fuel for the desire. And it gives you clarity to what's the opposite of this that I'm not preferring and what would I prefer to be experiencing? And that question alone, what would I prefer to be can be like your roadmap for life anytime, all the time. Love that. And that's really what I've been doing in this season. What is that thing in my day that I dread that I don't have to do that I, that, that I do feel obligated to do. Um, but how can I change it or remove it? Um, because sometimes it's the tiny fraction of your day that's causing you the most discomfort and, um, is the most out of alignment for me. Sometimes that pain is just because it's time for me to retire, whatever I was, you know, allocating that time towards It's time for me to like, you know, put that on a shelf and pick something new to focus on in that season. It's, it's sometimes how I develop even my business offers of like, this is no longer a fit for me because I truly dread doing it. Now I've got to generate income because this is my job, but what could I replace it with that's more life-giving and equally profitable? And, and that might feel like a pipe dream for someone sometimes. I don't mean that happens overnight, but like, okay, how can I transition in the next three months to retire this one thing that's been profitable and paying for my life <laughs> and a roof over my head and, and move into the thing that would be life-giving? Yeah, because you shared your story about transitioning your business on show High Vibe in it, and it was really powerful. I think a lot of people resonated with that message of like, yeah, I was making as much money as I wanted to make, but I was burnt out and I wasn't having any fun and I didn't like it at all. But then what I also feel like we need to say is there's this like notion in the spiritual community these days or self-help world that like, if you're not enjoying every single aspect of your life, then like you're doing something wrong, which is totally not true because what you need to do or what I think is helpful, you don't need to do anything I say, but what you think is helpful or what I think is helpful is to figure out like, what am I willing to suffer for? So like, if you have an ultimate goal and it really is like your purpose and you're super in alignment with it and you enjoy most aspects of it, but of course everything comes with a downside. So like, what downsides are you willing to consciously take on to get to where you want to go and to achieve what you want to achieve and to feel how you want to feel? So for example, I like to feel well, I like to feel happy. I like to feel whole. So sometimes if I'm feeling bad, I go to therapy. Nobody likes to cry in front of a therapist. It's not fun, but it's a experience that I have to go through to get back to my pleasure and my joy and my balanced state of being. And that's a price that I'm willing to pay. So it's like, what price are you willing to pay to experience what you want to experience? And I think that is what separates people who are genuinely happy from those just gritting their teeth and pushing through is like the work it takes to pursue happiness. Not saying that it has to be this like total grit and determination thing, but like 
you are the gatekeeper of your own happiness, no matter what your circumstances are. Cause I'd be willing to guess like you've had hard seasons of life. I've certainly had way harder life circumstances than most people would guess. And I don't share all of that because it's not always my story to tell. And so the only reason I'm a functioning member of society (laughs) is because I harnessed the power I did have, even though like, I felt like some days I wasn't dealt the best cards, you know, um, I harnessed that and put my butt in therapy. I was saying earlier today, I think I've been in therapy like 12 years now, um, put my butt in therapy. And even in seasons when I like, couldn't really afford therapy, you better believe I was embracing the sliding scale Mm -hmm. or, um, trying to trade with more of a mindset coach for that season with my services so that I could meet those needs of stewarding my soul. And it's a time investment. It's a money investment. Um, but I, I do think it's worth it. And I think one thing I have really been exploring lately is I, I sometimes buy into the belief that I need to be a part of, you know, the best family or the best business circle or the best social circle to be happy and successful. But I think the last two years has really been a journey that like, I'm the gatekeeper to my own happiness, no matter what my circumstances are. So like what, what really put you on this journey of realizing how important your own action is in pursuing happiness and, and fulfillment and fullness and freedom. Like those words might be more, like someone might gravitate more towards the word freedom, but I right. think they're all in the same camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I use the words like joy and happiness and those types of words interchangeably because it is broad and, you know, happiness to one person could look like being fulfilled, like how you said. So pick your words in your mind, however you want to listen. But yeah, for me personally, like I suffered from depression, like clinical depression for three years in my young adulthood. And there was moments of contemplating suicide. There was moments of just, well, pretty much every moment was just like hating my life, but not really knowing why. And I was just feeling alone and confused as to why I was so upset and then upset that I didn't understand why I was upset and then judging that I was upset, which made me more upset. And (laughs) I didn't have the tools to really process or work through what was happening in my emotional body. And so I kind of just was stuck there for three years. And eventually I got to a place where I was like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I remembered that I used to have energy and I used to be bubbly and I used to like doing things like my passions. And I used to like being around people, which I don't anymore. So that's weird. And I just started remembering that I used to be different. So I was like, Oh, I think something's wrong here. And, um, Sure enough, I was super depressed and I started going therapy and blah, blah, blah. And it all started because I was on birth control, which effed up my hormones and it was a whole disaster. But really, that was like my first dark night of the soul where towards the end, I decided I need to learn how to be happy and how to enjoy my life. Otherwise, I'm not staying like it like I'm out of here. Or I'm going to figure it out. So I was like, well, I'd rather figure yeah. it out. So let's go that route. And once I decided that I needed to feel better and I was going to do whatever it took to feel better, it all started to come together. And just like synchronistically, I was able to get the resources that I needed to climb out of the depression. And then 
a few weeks later, I was feeling better than I had felt even before I got sick because I started doing all these new practices of like gratitude and changing my perspective and noticing what was working and what I did enjoy about my life and taking in the little things. And so that that was really a huge journey that marked my whole self-empowerment teacherhood because as soon as I dug myself out of that hole, I was like, everybody needs to know how to do this because that's just like the philanthropist in me um, is just like, I just want everyone to feel like this. And so that's when I decided to start writing books. And then I was like, no one's going to read my books because nobody knows who I am. So then I started a blog and then that was years ago. So now that's evolved into the podcast and now a second book and a third book's coming and retreats and everything. So really it started with depression, which is why I go back to the whole idea of the contrast being your catalyst for going to where you want to go and having clarity for the direction that you want to go in. I think that's really beautiful and something that's personally encouraging to hear because it's taking taking me 30 years on earth (laughs) to Mm -hmm. um, embrace the contrast, you know, and, and I think for our listeners, that's really empowering because you don't just, Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't just build a fulfilled life overnight. It's, it's taking one step at a time. And if you need to climbing out of a hole before you can even take the step. And so, right. It's like the ladder is like on the flat ground outside of the hole. But if you're in the hole, you can't just jump on the ladder. You got to get out of the hole and then you're on the flat ground, which would be like the neutral zone. Right. And then you can go up into like positivity world. So it's a scale and you have to be gentle and kind with yourself along the way and realize that you're not going to go from one extreme to the other in five seconds. Did you have moments where you were kind of like hard on yourself? Like, I know I've wanted to rush seasons. Like, can't we speed this misery up, please? Yeah. I mean, there's an aspect of me that's always hard on myself about everything. So that's just an ongoing thing of becoming aware of when she's coming out and using her little judgments to try and motivate me to do better. But now that I know that she's trying to motivate me so that I can either avoid pain or avoid feeling disappointed or whatever, I just love that part of me because she loves me so much that she doesn't want me to suffer. So instead of being annoyed, that she's like criticizing me. I just understand why she's doing it. Oh, I love that. I, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that in Big Magic. And I love just that illustration. I, I've always, you know, treated that voice as so negative in my head. But it's like, oh, that's just to protect me. I don't always have to listen to it. Just like I don't have to listen to my really worried friend who obsesses about things that I'm not stressed about. You know, sometimes I take her the worried friend's caution, and sometimes yeah. I'm like, "Girl, chill out, okay." And so, <laughs> yeah. I think we can all relate. And I, I just, I find this conversation so relatable, so timely. Again, none of us are a stranger to the fact that the world is insane, no matter where you find yourself in this space and time. And so, I, I just think that really a step-by-step practical day-to-day journey towards happiness is something we can all embrace. And it's just those little moments and exercises. And I love that you call it permission slips. Like that speaks to me. Affirmations might not speak to someone. Mantra might not speak to someone, but like, let's drop the semantics. If you need it to be called permission slips, I loved your phrase, beneficial perspectives, like call it whatever. 
do what you need to do to steward your happiness. Yeah. If that's what you want, which most people do, which is why I wrote this book. And it's like, it's, I'm glad that you said it's timely because it really is because 2020 has been so heavy and so stressful and so uncertain and so disappointing for so many people that it's important to not lose sight of the other side of the spectrum. You know, you're still allowed to have moments of enjoyment and you're still allowed to like your life even if it's not perfect and you're still allowed to laugh at your favorite show even if you had a bad day like basically the whole point of this book and it being released in 2020 is like don't forget about happiness this is the thing you actually want like here's how to do more of it (laughs) you don't have to lose sight of it just because so heavy you can hold space for both you can be sad about one thing and happy about another thing you can be mad about one thing and excited for a different thing. So that's just the human experience. Well, again, I mean, I think that is a permission slip we could all use right now because, you know, this the goal of this conversation is not to say, oh, like you're experiencing tremendous pain in a global pandemic and something we've never experienced in the most divisive election in most of our lifetimes. So just be happy. It's like, no, like you can embrace the pain. And also take intentional, practical steps towards happiness. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it's definitely not my intention with this book to be like, just be happy. It's, I mean, <laughs> you can use it as a spiritual bypassing tool like you can with any self-help book, but it's really intended to be another tool to help you cultivate more practice or to help you practice cultivating more happiness more often. It's not to say you can't feel the other emotions. And in the book, I encourage you to, because that's going to lead to more flow and ultimately you coming back to your well-being over and over and over. Oh, Kelsey, I knew this conversation would speak to me as much to, as it does <laughs> to the listeners. So I can't wait for everyone else to hear this. Um, but in the meantime, where can people grab your book? Because I'm about to be going and grabbing it myself. Yeah. Yeah, girl. So first of all, I'm going to send you one, obviously. So give me your address. But second of all, it is going to be available basically everywhere starting November 24th. It's already available for pre-sale. So I'm going to send Kels the link so she can put it in the show for you guys. So whenever you hear this, it will be ready for you to order a copy. And also, I just want to point out that it makes a great gift for the holidays. So order a bunch of copies, give them away to everybody. It's a cute little like stocking stuffer size book. And I think the funnest way to use it is to just flip a page and ask your spirit team or pray to God or whatever is your practice. Ask to be divinely guided to the message that you need to hear in that moment and just flip to a random page and then bam, magic. I think my family members will be getting this for Christmas. And just to point out for those of you listening, pre-orders matter for authors. And so it might seem... Um, like it makes no difference whether you order now or November 24th, but it tells places like Barnes and Noble that Kelsey's book belongs on their shelves and they should order more quantities. So, um, go ahead and pre-order. It is the greatest gift you can give to an author. And, um, Kelsey, it was a joy to have you here today. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. So everyone can find me at kelseyaida.com. I'll spell it for you because Aida is kind of a rare name, but it's Aida like the Italian opera. So Kelsey, which is the same as Kelsey's name, E-Y, and then A-I-A.com. That's where my blog is. That's where you can find this book and my other book about affirmations. Hashtag actually I can. That's my first book. And then 
Um, people can find me in Mexico in January because I'm hosting a self-love retreat. So if you guys want to know more about that, go to kelseyaida.com slash retreat. Um, you can find me every week on High Vibe in It, my podcast with my friend Lindsay Robinson, who's a hypnotherapist. That's a fun place to hang out with us. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram at kelseyaida because I'm always pretty active on there. Well, it was a joy to have you today. We will link it all up, guys. Pre-order Kelsey's book. I'm getting copies for my family members, stocking stuffers for Christmas. And thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was so fun. I always love chatting with you. Girl. And I can't wait for more conversations to come on your show and everybody's shows. Same. <laughs> Same. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much-needed taste of normal. To work, home, or work from home. With the coffee you like, just the way you like it. Whether that's a small, hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin. Money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. With a Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel helps you keep track of all your accounts in one place with added alerts and personalized budgets. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash money.